All right. Well, good morning, everyone. We are going to go ahead and get started. My name is Wes Fryer. Um, I'm an instructional coach here in Yukon on contract, normally here Monday through Thursday, working with teachers around the district on technology integration. So if you're interested in using different technology tools and you would like someone to come help you and be a coach and try to do his best not to scare you or overwhelm you, but help you be successful with technology. That's what I am trying to do um, with different teachers in the district. And I am thrilled to get to talk about Wolfram Alpha. And in our session today, I'm going to encourage you to play and experiment with this interface. Because just like Google has a simple search bar, what would you like to find today? Wolfram Alpha has the same thing but is for computational knowledge. And in October of this last year, I had a chance to meet Theodore Gray, who is the co-founder of Wolfram Alpha, and I only knew a little bit about this program. After talking with or hearing his session, I knew a little bit more, but what I had heard was that this program called Mathematica, which is an unbelievably powerful and complex program that I bought probably like 10 years ago, seven years ago, but never even installed on my computer because it was intimidating, suddenly is now at the browser level where we can calculate and do all kinds of things. We're actually going to spend most of our time today looking at some videos because there are some awesome demos that the other founder of Wolfram Alpha has done showing the possibilities, and that is probably going to provide a better way for us to to kind of get into uh, the possibilities of Wolfram Alpha. Um, but uh, I think probably one of the biggest obstacles to understanding what this is and how it can be used is the fact that it seems to be such an open slate and it's like, what do I do? Um, so one example that I was playing with yesterday was um, I was putting in some places. So I put in Yukon, uh, Oklahoma. And rather than just get a Google search result that's going to give me Wikipedia articles and things like that, this is going to produce all of the statistics that we can find about a particular place. So it's generating uh, population information, there's location information, there's the map, here's the current time, here's temperature information, here's educational attainment in Yukon, 35.4% have a college degree and above, high school diploma, me me median household income, per capita income, um, <laughs> crime, um, 0.2 times the national average compared to a 2009 estimate, um, and then you know, nearby cities. We can also put in here a comparison. So I grew up in Manhattan, Kansas, and so I'm going to put in, uh, actually I think I'm just going to say uh, compare Yukon, Oklahoma, if I can spell, to Manhattan, Kansas. And we'll do that search. And so it's going to start generating um, computational results and laying them out in a table format. So whereas Yukon has 22,700 people, according to the 2010 census, Manhattan's about 52,000. Um, in the urban area overall, though, of course, Yukon is situated where there's 747,000, you know, people um, in the greater uh, OKC area, which is 49th, you know, nationally. And there's the whole metro area population. Um, and, you know, temperature comparisons, demographics, ah, um, things like that. That's just one, you know, small example of how we can begin using Wolfram Alpha to um, compare. 
I'm going to show you some videos and some resources that I've put together. And if you would like to gain access to those, um, I have put that link inside our My Big Campus resource page for today. So raise your hand if you've successfully joined our My Big Campus uh, already. So not quite half of us. If you have not, um, I would encourage you to do that. And in some time that I'll give for us to work and stuff like that, I'll be happy to, to help you join. There is a secret code that um, Adam has created that if you put this in when you join, it will auto automatically uh, let you join it immediately. But when you're in, when you have joined our, our uh, My Big Campus group, <coughs> pardon me, inside resources, there's sections for each of our sessions, and we're here in session three, and the title of our session is Meet Wolfram Alpha. So when you click on that link, this web address has all of the resources that I'll be sharing, um, a couple different videos, and then some other, um, some other links and, and, and resources. Um, before we jump in to do that, I think I'm actually going to show you uh, a little screencast that my son did to kind of personalize this a little bit. Um, my kids, I have a ninth grader and a seventh grader and a third grader, and my son is in Algebra 2 this year. And as you all probably have experienced, there's a point in the lives of most parents where your kids are taking math and they reach the point where you're like, not quite sure how to do that. Either never did that or haven't done that in a long time or don't care about doing that anymore or whatever your answer is. Um, and so it's been very amazing to me to see him as a student in the 21st century with access to Khan Academy, to Google, to these kinds of tools. How can he get help and, and assistance figuring stuff out especially when, you know, dad either can't do it or isn't available to do it. So this is just a little quick screencast that he recorded. This is three minutes and, and uh, 18 seconds. And he discovered on his own how to use this equation editor in Google Chrome called the Daum Equation Editor, and then how to put this into Wolfram Alpha to solve just about any equation. Do you remember or have you heard about the times when we had debates over calculators in class? Have you had those? My dad in the early 70s was on the faculty of the Air Force Academy, and he was on a committee that looked into whether they should give up the slide rule and do calculators or keep the slide rule. And do you know what they decided in 1972? To stick with the slide rule because it had been working for them, and, you know, if we brought these calculators in, who knows what's going to happen with these kids. So... This is not a calculator. This is a, a quantum leap beyond the calculator. But this is the kind of thing that, you know, might be whispered in the halls of Yukon High School. Have you put your problem into Wolfram Alpha? Because a lot of math problems, we're talking all the way up to high-level calculus down to, you know, basic algebra or 2 plus 2, can not only be solved, but all the steps can be shown for the problem. And instead of panicking going, oh, my gosh, this is horrible, what this will allow us to do, if we want, is to start using mathematics to solve problems. And rather than getting so bogged down in the computation, using those tools the way that we should be using them to solve things. Um, I took quantitative statistics for my doctorate. I honestly never want to do a multivariate analysis by hand again. You know, I had to do one when I took that class. And if I do an ANCOVA or I even do a basic regression, I guarantee you I don't want to do that by hand, just like I don't want to learn how to use a slide rule. But it's incredibly powerful to use a statistical process to try to find correlation and to try to find relationships. And so, anyway, we'll take a look at this, and then we'll, I'm going to let you talk about it and just, you know, what you think about this. Should, and should we tell the children? Maybe we should keep it a secret. Let's have that as our question. We'll take a look. 
Hello, my name is Alex Fryer, and today I'm going to show you how to input your algebraic equations into a form that Wolfram Alpha will recognize. And if you do not know what Wolfram Alpha is, it is a great program that will solve any equation for you and show you the exact steps or most of the steps to solve it. And Although it is great, the syntax for you in order to enter um, what you want to find out is oftentimes very confusing, and there is a simple app that I use which helps me with this. This is the Durham Equation Editor that's from the Google Chrome Web Store, so if you want to get this um, web app, then that is what it is. This is what it looks like when it opens up, and there is a lot of fancy-looking things. So, if we were to enter in a quadratic or a cubic equation, um, you can put in your first um, term, and then come in and put in your x, the cube, Plus seven and oops, so, All right, and these other um, things I am using are all on different parts of your keyboard. But this, um, to in order to get the cubes like this, and then this is the form that you would normally see any um, book write or how you would write equation. Alright, so this is how you would normally look at it. And then this down here is how the computer syntax recognizes it. So from this we can copy it, just straight copy and paste, and then go back to our Wolfram Alpha and then put it in here. And then this M is how it will recognize because um, it will not do the syntax for, and then it recognizes it as what we want it to, and then coming down, it has your graph, and then it will show you the exact roots of this cubic function. And, and then if we want, it, you, it will show you some of the steps in order to factor it. It skips a few factoring steps, which I do not like, but... For the most part, it does a fairly good job on showing you how you got your answer. So that is how you input, um, use the syntax to that Wolfram Alpha will recognize. Thank you. Okay. Take a minute and a half. Introduce yourself to your neighbor if you don't know your neighbor and talk about the question. Will we keep this a secret? Let's not tell the children, or should we tell them and tell the teachers? <laughs> Okay, this is a fun little app for the iPad called uh, Timer Plus. So I like to use that for a tea timer. And um, I've got a, an, it's called Timer Plus. Timer Plus, yep. You can just set different timers. It has elephants and charges and other songs. Or you can, if you have Gangnam Style, you can make that be your song that comes up. Um, and then I've got a little program running on my laptop called Air Server. And Air Server uh, makes my laptop into an Apple... TV. 
so that I can mirror my iPad whenever I want to to be able to show that. Um, and there are, um, I think it's $15 commercially, but I think it's $6 as a teacher if you get that. Okay, let's talk about Wolfram Alpha. What did you say? Um, do we tell the students? Why? It's going to be terrible. We're not going to be able to give our same homework assignment anymore. Why would you say yes? Because they can learn it from there enough to type it in. First of all, typing it in would be uh, a skill. <laughs> right. It's a skill like just what Alexander was showing, how to get it into the yeah. syntax. Yeah. That's okay. a skill. And then to where if they have to transfer it from there to their paper, um, as far as like this, like Alexander wants, and they have to type in something, and then they have to type in and show their work because they know they don't get credit unless they show their work. That's something. You know, I don't know. Okay. Other thoughts? I don't think there's any point in ignoring it if it's out there. Because I know about this not from being a teacher, but for grad school. I'm using it in graduate math classes, and this was a resource for us that we use. Right. And I would rather teach students how to use it effectively. And I honestly, I share it with students that, I don't know exactly their home is, and they can, how am I supposed to do this? Well, there's this really cool website. I mean, it's an iPhone app. And I mean, if it's there, we've got to figure out how to make it work with what we're already doing. Otherwise, we're just... The people that made this are really, really smart, okay? They're a lot smarter with math than I'm ever going to be. Um, one of the things that this challenges us is, you know, what are we, what are we going to have students do? Um, I really like the, the revision of Bloom's taxonomy, and I like to use that in different presentations, thinking about higher-order thinking skills. Um, do we have any, any calculus teachers here? Is anybody a calculus teacher? Would anybody feel comfortable explaining to us why the calculus is important and what? Um, just kind of summarize it for us? Look, I had to take through Calc 2, and I had to take all this engineering class classes at my school that I went to. But I kind of know it has to do with change over time and change is nonlinear, but I learned how to solve problems, but I never really got to the point where I used calculus. Wouldn't it be amazing in high school if we had lots of kids, not just a few kids, but lots of kids who got to use calculus to solve real problems? Like maybe it was, you know, something they were doing with skateboarding and acceleration or their bike or, you know, there's, there's ideas that are really big that because of the computational struggle it takes to figure it out, I think a lot of people might have, you know, you might have taken that class, you might have passed that, but did you really get to use it? One of the things I'm excited about, having finished my doctorate, is the fact that I don't think I'll ever have to do another ANCOVA by hand. Why? Because in the real world, researchers partner with other geeks, and, like, I'll find someone who really loves ANCOVA. That, I actually did that for my dissertation, and they helped me, you know, do that part of it. I could be focused on, I was interested in student achievement when kids summarized lessons and whether that, you know, improved their grades. That's what I cared about. But we got to use the math to figure out, was it significant, you know? And so, um, who's going to be opposed to, to sharing this? What opposition is this? Just the piece that we started. This is only the scratching the surface of solve a problem, see the answers. Who's going to have trouble with that? Uh, I had a discussion in Collaboration Cafe with a teacher who said that uh, his student apparently used this or a similar website and, and copied the answer down, but he couldn't explain it, nor could he get up and, and, and replicate it. Right, 
Right. So hopefully our assessments are going to go beyond just, you know, did you turn it in and show it, show it to me. You're going to need to be able to explain it. You're going to need to be able to understand it. And um, the, all these conversations are really interesting with folks because, you know, if all I want to do or all I'm expected to do is to turn in that assignment and to have it, you know, on the paper, then that is going to pose a real challenge to you in the same way that Google would, right? If all you want is a country report to tell me about the main exports of Egypt and the population, and, you know, guess what? I could probably do that in 30 minutes, you know, copying and pasting. So maybe you need to ask a different question. Maybe you need to ask me about comparing Egypt to Syria or, you know, tying it, doing some kind of higher-order thinking that's not going to just be Googleable, you know? Because if I can just Google the answer, was that a question really worth, you know, asking me to, to answer in a project. It's not that it's bad to, to find that out, but maybe I need to ask a more developed question. Maybe my question needs to require me to do more higher-order thinking, and it re- maybe I need to be able to demonstrate how to solve it, you know, and explain it. What I just noticed looking through here to see the step-by-step process, I only get three of those mm-hmm. a day. If I want more, I have to pay the monthly subscription to mm. ProCard. Okay. And how many students want to pay? It's $2.99 for students, by the way. $4.99 for everybody else. Um, how many of them will want to pay that much just to get by on their math? Right, right. I taught math as a fourth-grade teacher, and I um, my favorite thing to teach is writing and social studies. But uh, as far as the content area, but I I have encountered a lot of bad math instruction. Have you have you run into that with you know your own children? Or I think it's really easy, and we see this happen at university level with aides. They'll stand up and say, "You're gonna we're on page 15. Um, I'm gonna work this example problem. I'm really just copying this you know from the book up here." It, it's that's really not instruction. I mean, simply saying one through t- one through twenty odd. You know, that, that, that's not instruction. And so um, I think it challenges us to think about what we're doing um, in our math classes, and hopefully we can elevate it. Because I really think it's like slide rule and calculator. It's like the folks say, no, they might not have that. They might not have a calculator with them. So they're going to, or it's my instructor who says, no, they've got to calculate the ANCOVA themselves because they won't be able to understand it if they can't do all the math perfectly in every step, you know. So let's take a look at some videos. On the page that I created for this session, I've got several different videos. Um, There's actually a link here at the bottom that says using the Dalm equation editor. This is a, oops, this is a post that I just put on my blog uh, back in November where where Alexander um, did this recording. He used, by the way, I'll just mention this, a wonderful website called Screener, and there are different ways to make a screencast. This is the one, the last couple um, undergraduate technology integration courses I've taught, I've helped all my students create with Screener because it works with the web browser. You don't have to have any special software. Um, It's viewable on iPhones and iPads as well as regular laptops, um, and you can cross-post to YouTube, and it's entirely free. The thing is, you can only do five minutes at a time. But Screener is the, is the tool that Alexander used to record this. So um, that link is on your page. What I'd like to do is go to um, this first video, which was created, I think, two years ago by one of the other co-founders of Wolfram Alpha. This is an eight-minute video. And I want to invite you, as you're seeing this on your, in your web browser, if you've got a device, go to Wolfram Alpha, just Google it, and try some of the searches because... What he's going to do is show a number of different ways that you can use the Wolfram Alpha interface 
to get computational data. And as we watch this, um, and I'll give, I'll give us, I might, I might pause it partway through and stop and talk about it. <coughs> what if, which of these examples jump out at you as something that you can see using with your students or teachers that you work with, and you're like, okay, we could do that. That's an example I think we could do, and here's why. Hello, I'm Stephen Wolferman. I'd like to give you a quick introduction to Wolferman Alpha. Wolferman Alpha is really a very ambitious and long-term project, which in many ways is just getting started. So let me show you a little bit of what you can already do with Wolferman Alpha today. The basic idea of Wolferman Alpha is very simple. You type your input, your question, and Wolferman Alpha produces a result. Let's try something really easy. Okay, that's good. Now let's try something harder. How about some serious math? So you can type things in pretty much however you want. Here's what Open Alpha produces. It's done the integral and then it's showing us other things that it thinks we'll be interested in. How about something more real world? Let's ask it the GDP of plants. Here's the results of the of the history and so on. Or we can dress up the question if you want and say, what is the GDP of France? Question mark. Same result. Let's try this. What is the GDP of France slash Italy? So we as humans can tell what this is asking. And so from both an alpha, and it gives us the result. But this is really making use of the fact that the data in both an alpha is organized so that it can actually be computed with. Okay, let's try something different. How about internet users in Europe? Now both an alpha is going to take what it knows and summarize it for us with a table and some graphs and so on. All right, how about some geography? Let's ask about Springfield. Well, there are lots of Springfields in the world that both Alpha knows from GOIP, from the Internet Address it sees for me, that I happen to be in Massachusetts right now. So it assumes that I mean the Springfield that's in Massachusetts. Of course, I could pick one of the others, too. But uh, here it's giving me all sorts of information about Springfield, Massachusetts. Like uh, what cities it's near, and uh, I could always drill down and see more if I'd like. It's also showing me things like the current weather in Springfield. Perhaps I can ask more detail about the weather. So here's the current weather, and uh, this is the temperature as a function of time for the past week. That's a, a forecast uh, down uh, here is the cloud cover, and so on. But we can look, uh, let's say, for the last 10 years as well. There's a plot of the temperature as a function of time for the past 10 years in, in Springfield. We can see that it's warmer in the summer, it's colder in the winter, and so on. Let's try asking a more specific question about the weather in Springfield on 11-6-89. It knows I'm in the U.S., so it interprets that date as a month, day, year, date, and gives us the result here. Let's try something even more complicated. Let's ask the weather in Springfield when David Ortiz was born. So we'll have to think for a little while, but then there it gives us the result. Let's try something completely different, about five miles per second. The Wolfram Alpha here tells us about useful unit conversions, and it gives us various comparisons that help us understand this quantity. Or how about $70 per hour? Now Wolfram Alpha will give us a bunch of conversions that thinks are useful for absolute time, for working time, and so on. Or how about 6,000C? So Wolfram Alpha will assume that we're talking about temperature here, It'll give us some conversions, then it'll show us the color that something heated to 6,000 degrees would be. Let's try 6,000 words. 
Now, Alfred is telling us things about 6,000 words, like how long it would take to type that or read it. How about 33 grams of gold? Now, Alfred is telling us things like uh, how big a sphere of material that would be, or what the current commodity price for that would be, or all sorts of scientific data. Well, let's say we're doing chemistry. I can figure out what happens if we ask, let's say, for 2.5 molar H2SO4. I can figure out properties of that, uh, how to make it, and so on. Or here's an engineering competition, working out uh, the properties of water at 2.5 atmospheres pressure and 200 degrees centigrade. Well, let's try another area. How about medicine? Well, there's a medical test result, and Wolfram Alpha is using a large public health study to tell us where that result lies in the population. LDL. Or to be more specific, LDL-150. Uh, where an LDL level of 150 would lie for a smoker male age 40. And now Wolfram Alpha will slice down and tell us about that particular subpopulation. Or let's try asking about the correlation of an LDL test with a different test for that same subpopulation. So now we'll have to think for a moment, then gives us the result in this particular case to see that there isn't much correlation between those tests. Or let's try something different here. Let's ask about the life expectancy for a 40-year-old male in Finland. First of all, Alpha gives us just the plain result, but then it's computing all sorts of details. And there's uh, a whole history of life expectancy over the past 100 years, for example. How about another health-related thing? Let's give it a height and weight. So that gives us some basic data and some not so basic data. Let's ask about, uh, let's say, some exercise we might take. So let's say running four miles an hour, 30 minutes, and then give our height and weight and age and gender. There's quite a lot of detail here that we can drill down to see. Okay, how about this? Let's type in a sequence of letters Wolfram-Alpha will assume here that this is a genome sequence, and it will look up where that particular sequence occurs on the human genome. How about, let's pick one of those genes. Let's pick this one here. And uh, now we can ask about that gene. Or we could go into more detail. We can ask what's on the genome 500 base pairs upstream of that particular gene. And now Wolfram Alpha can dive back into the genome and figure that out. Okay, how about something completely different? How about uh, finance? So there's a ticker symbol, and there's all sorts of detail about that particular company. Okay, let me try entering a second company as well. Now, here's a typical thing about Wolfram Alpha. Uh, if you enter several things of the same type, it will give you comparisons between them. And there's all sorts of quant-level detail that Wolfram Alpha gives in this particular case. Well, how about another simple financial computation? Let's say a mortgage, 5% 30 years. So Wolfram Alpha will now have to fill in a loan amount. We can change that loan amount if we'd like to. Let's say 10,000 euros. Now Wolfram Alpha can calculate everything about that mortgage and give us a payment table and all sorts of other things. Or how about asking about uh, a bond? Wolfram can do all kinds of financial computations and all sorts of other computations too, like, like here's an engineering computation. 
this is working out about an airfoil, and here's uh, Wolfenhauer computing how fluid would flow around that airfoil, and there's uh, the result. How about a completely different kind of computation? How about a computation involving colors? Let's say we ask Wolfenhauer what's red plus yellow. The Wolfenhauer will tell us that the blend is orange. Or another computation. Let's ask about B sharp minor. We can go ahead and ask Wolfenhauer to play that scale. How about uh, a website? And we can go and drill down and look at history and so on. Or uh, something completely different. Let's ask about uh, high school teacher median wages. And we'll give me the result uh, for U.S. here. And uh, show me a plot of history and so on. Okay, let me give you a little time to, to uh, talk with your neighbor about that. And then we're going to do some searches. But talk about what examples he just showed. They've programmed it to just give you the information they think you'll be interested in based on the query. Right. They're right. Yeah. I guess that's proprietary in the same way that Google. It's right. All kinds of live data. So the possibilities that this opens up about using live data. And being able to do that in natural language, you know. Okay, obviously, maybe the first word is wow. Um, I, I tell people in all seriousness that I, the two things I don't want to do is overwhelm people and make them more scared, okay, of technology, because we're already feeling that way. But it's very hard to see that and not be overwhelmed. Beyond the wow factor, other responses or thoughts about what he shared so far. And then we're going gonna, gonna, gonna to spend some time to do some practices. We're going to talk about some of the searches, and we're just going to do some of them. Thoughts? I like it for writing, like, real-life word problems. I mean, recently I was having to develop some problems, like with scientific notation and yes. having to do little real-life things in scientific notation as not a science person is hard to do. Um, and that would help me a lot because I could pull local resources. And I, for the record, you have public schools as a topic in Wilfram Alpha, and it breaks down information about our district itself, which I think that's handy because then the kids are more interested in it. Yeah. Think, think, just think about that one idea, word problems. Okay, creating word problems for students to use the math skills that they're learning, but suddenly the context has just exploded because you can get real-time data about all sorts of things from, you know, company earnings to life expectancy to um, census data. So, there, so that's a context for use. What else? What's another response or thought?
All right. We're good with wait time. Yes, volunteer your neighbor. Let's see if you want to. Chris, you've been volunteered. Sure. Uh, there are times when I'm talking to my kids in my uh, STEM class and uh, having to convert things from uh, meters per second or something like that to uh, whatever. And I have to find it on my, on my phone using an app. And I said, this would do it instantly. I mean, just like the sin I was talking about, if the kid wanted to find out specific information, how many red blood cells do I have in my body right now? Or, you know, any sort of scientific, it's incredible. I mean. And I was familiar with the website, but I just, I thought it should be familiar. Right. The thing that's good about this is we're looking at it at a high level math thing, but my fourth and fifth graders could go in and use that just as easily as a calculus student could go in and use it to find out meaningful information for themselves. At a different level, right? It's very much like Google. Google. I mean, what happens when we go to the Google homepage? Do we have a million choices? Why is it that? Because from a graphic design and a cognition standpoint, it's not to be overwhelming. Here's the search bar. But from that bar, what can you learn? Where can you go? Wolf, here's the, here's the, the uh, comment that just blew me away, and I said, okay, I know I've got to learn much more. Okay? Theodore said in October in Denver at Educause, he believes that Wolfram Alpha will fundamentally change our relationship with computational thinking and numbers and numeracy and math in the same way that Google has changed and is changing our relationship to information. Okay? Do you remember when you first heard about Google? I do. It was like 1980, 1998. Okay? And I think I had been using Yahoo as a search engine and I had Yahoo Mail and I had talked to a, a guy who graduated a couple of years ahead of me in school and he was talking all about Google. What? You know, and if we think about, oh my gosh, what's happened, and what would, can you imagine the world without Google, without a search engine, without that ability? So that was what what Theodore said, and I thought, wow, you know, this guy who's incredibly smart <laughs> is saying that our relationship to computation, because how accessible is Google? What age do you have to be to use Google? You know. My, my youngest third grader was doing some image searches, and my son was, we were, we were concerned about that, and the safe search on, and, you know, there's issues that can come up. But you don't have to have a certain degree. You don't have to be, you know, a certain age. To have a Facebook account, you're supposed to be what? 13, lots of people aren't. But, you know, to be able to use the interface. So to be able to use the interface of Wolfram Alpha, you know, it's, it's set up to be accessible in the same way that Google is. I would love to know how it was. Constructed. I mean, somebody programmed that. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The ways in which they've created algorithms. But this is what apps do, and this is what software allows us to do, is we're not having to do that computation. Yeah. But, but, but ask, you're kind of asking the question of behind the curtain, you know? How did you do that? And so there are – and on some of it, I think you can see the sources. Like, it'll say, what database is it pulling? And so there's ways that they're grabbing, you know, mm -hmm. grabbing that data. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the examples that we saw, and then I want to give us a little bit of time to do some of them. What were some of the searches that uh, he talked about in there? I know, I know. That's why I want to take some time for us to, to, like, to, talk, to talk about some of them. Okay, so that was the amount of gold. Were they talking about uh, grams of gold? Um, 
He compared cities. He did GDP of countries. Uh, stock. Um, what are the ticker names? What are those called? Uh, one was Apple, the other one was China. Yeah. What else? What was some of the health stuff? Oh, LDL. did LDL. So like LDL 150. Okay. All right. We've got devices. I want you to do some of those searches. Go ahead and open up Wolfram Alpha. I'm going to um, give us two minutes, which isn't enough time, but it's a little bit of time. Um, and I want you to experiment doing some of those searches. Because I think this is, this is the kind of site where we're going to need to get in and explore and see, see what we can do. I mean, you know, if you get a certain amount of something, what size sphere will it create? That, that, well, the vocabulary that this brings up, right? Because we're talking about spheres, we're talking about radius, we're talking about weight, we're talking about units. The complexity of this is both intimidating and I think it's also very exciting. One of the problems, I think, uh, with curriculum in school is sometimes we tend to simplify things so much, yet the world is a deeply rich, complex, and nuanced thing. And this somehow opens up this box into the complexity. Okay, that was two minutes. Um, anybody do a different search other than the ones I put up there? Kevin Durant? Did it have, what did it have about Kevin Durant? I mean, that whole connection to, to word problems is just huge, right? Because your opportunity to pull in that data and then, as I was talking to Chris, too, the thing Wolfram Alpha seems to do, um, one of the reasons I like digital storytelling is because it's, pre it's pretty complex. Like, it's hard to make a good movie, and I'm not going to pretend like I know all the you know, nuances of doing that. Life is complex. Life is nuanced. And sometimes in school, we, we simplify things too much. And I think what Wolfram Alpha, this is one of the things that's striking me, is this opens up a complex world that's full of math, but it is relevant to, you know, my topic. So here's Kevin Durant. And who, give me another NBA player. They just played the Heat last night, right? Who's the... How do you spell his first name? I wonder if I have to do something to separate the two. Okay, so here's Kevin Durant versus LeBron. All right? 88-84. So the fact that we can grab this information doesn't necessarily mean we know how to apply it and use it. I mean, the questions now that we can ask can be different. Remember when it was really hard to get research in the library? Do you remember Microfish? Yeah. Do you remember doing Eric searches? Do you ever have to do that? Some of you are like, what are you talking about? And other people are like, oh, my gosh, you just brought back a nightmare. It's really changed. And the ability to – what were you going to say? Did you have a thought? I did. I found the weather on the day I was born in that town. Oh, in that town? Very cool. So – 
They do or don't? They don't. They don't have the right team history. Really? What? Really? No way. <laughs> okay. So that would pose a question about what? Okay. Well, we're going to need to report this. What is that? So here's a nice little lesson right here, right? I mean, can we ever believe everything we see online? <laughs> Always true. So, I mean, so there, there's an embedded lesson right here. Wait a minute. We just found something that's wrong. Wolfram Alpha is wrong. How do we correct it? Do you think they have a way to submit a bug? I bet they do. You know, can we tell them? Okay. Okay, so we could provide feedback. I mean, what the heck? They're not even giving us credit for being the Thunder player? All right. Okay. Sometimes I've heard pastors say, but there's more. I feel like that's kind of what this is now. There's more. All right. So let's take a look at part two. Um, this is uh, just five minutes. This isn't eight minutes, but let's get a little bit more. Our tour continues. Well, we have steadily building up pretty detailed knowledge on a lot of kinds of topics. So, for example, let's ask him, what's the uh, fish production in France? Now, it'll give me the result. And uh, if I scroll down, it says that uh, that's at an average of about 56.78 pounds per second, which is about one-fifth the rate of fish production in New York City. Well, let's try saying, uh, let's try asking what mouth to compare the rate of fish production in France versus Poland. So now what mouth is giving us a comparison and then plotting the two time series together, and so on. How about something different? Let's uh, ask about food. Let's ask Wolf Alpha, what's in two cups of orange juice? So now Wolf Alpha will synthesize the nutrition label, then it will tell us all sorts of information about the high nutrients in orange juice, and how orange juice compares with other foods, and so on. Let's change it a bit. Let's say two cups of orange juice plus one slice of cheddar cheese. Now Wolf Alpha can do the computation to figure out what the nutrition label for that content of that as a whole is. Let's try a few other things. This is a crossword puzzle kind of thing. What words match that particular pattern of letters? Or let's words with friends, players, perhaps? Oh, <laughs> tricky. Wolf Alpha can tell us lots of things, like uh, what the typical atmospheric pressure is at the top of Mount Everest, or what nearby cities are, and so on. But here, let's ask a little bit more detail. Let's say, what's the height of Mount Everest? Let's say, divided by the length of the Golden Gate Bridge. This is now comparing two quite different things. Um, but Wolfram Alpha is able to compute the result and uh, show us the details of how it got that result. How about uh, another kind of thing? Let's ask Wolfram Alpha to tell us the uh, third largest country in Europe. Now it will give us several results by area, by population, by GDP, and so on. Or how about this? Let's ask GDP versus railway length in Europe. So now Wolfram Alpha will make a scatter plot of the correlation between GDP and railway length for all the countries of Europe. Or something like this. Let's ask, what, who was the president of Brazil in 1922? So it can compute that. Well, here's some fun. How about uh, we type in a name, like Andrew? So this tells us the popularity of Andrew, or baby names, as a function of time. 
And uh, down here, we see that Bill Malfa can estimate from that how many Andrews there are likely to be alive in the U.S. at this time, and uh, it can show what their distribution of ages is. How about we compare that uh, with Paul, for example? And here's the result. Pretty different profile in this particular case of these two names. Well, there's, there's a lot we can do. So here's another piece of math, for example, asking about uh, what's the chance to get uh, two heads out of ten coin flips. Or let's give a little amount for a sequence. It can then go and figure out uh, how that sequence could continue and what its mathematical formula could be. Well, there's all kinds of things we can do. I mean, here's a, a typical Wolfram Alpha kind of thing. I'll ask about the International Space Station. And Wolfram Alpha will get the updated orbital elements from a database, then solve the differential equations to work out where the, the ISS is right now. And the answer is that it's uh, over the South Pacific, traveling at about 17,000 miles an hour, and so on. And there are lots of other details about the orbit that we can work out if we want to. So what's in Wolfram Alpha? So if you go to the examples tab up here, you can see some of the general subject areas that Wolfram Alpha covers. It's already a very big system, but right now we're really just at the beginning. I mean, Wolfram Alpha is really a long-term project. We're trying to take as much of the world's knowledge as possible and make it computable. Taking all the data and methods and models and algorithms that have been accumulated in our civilization and make them immediately computable. So that anyone, anywhere could just go to the web and use all that knowledge to compute answers to their specific questions. You know, I wasn't sure Wolfram Alpha was going to be possible at all, but we're proud of where it's got so far, and we're looking forward to everything that can be done with it now. I hope you'll find good ways to incorporate Wolfram Alpha as it is today and as it grows in the future into all sorts of things you do, and perhaps that you'll become part of the Wolfram Alpha community, helping to use our technology to make the world's knowledge computable for everyone. Thank you. So several comments about this. Number one, isn't recorded video a wonderful thing? Because we just had an extra instructor in our room who is the co-founder of Wolfram Alpha. So the opportunity to be able to use video like that, now you can access it from our page, you can watch that again, you can share that with other people. Oh my gosh! You know, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. This was created, I think, in 2010. Um, we'll take a look. Uh, yeah, posted on March 26, 2010. So we've got about, bless you, about three more years of work that has been done on Wolfram Alpha since this was created. I'm going to go ahead and click the subscribe button so that with my Yukon uh, YouTube account, I'm now subscribed to Wolfram Alpha. And I'm going to click on the um, channel name. And I can see some different things here um, on the YouTube page that's official for Wolfram Alpha. The feed shows basically all the activity that they've done. So videos that they've updated, comments that they've done. If I click on uploads, I'll be able to see uh, videos. It looks like they haven't uploaded something. Uh, it was about five months ago that they did the last thing. Um, and I can take a look at those. I can also see playlists that they've created. And so um, this is something which one of the things that I'd love to show people if we do like a YouTube um, camp this summer. There's so many things. Even if you don't publish video on YouTube, there are so many great ways that you can use it to curate and find your own resources. So if you were going to, you know, be talking about um, calculating correlation or calculating slope, then you could find videos about that, and you could have a playlist that then your students could go to. Whenever you update it with a new one, they're available. 
So um, what I'd like to do, we've just got eight minutes left, is um, I want to show you some of the examples, and then I'll also show you the iPad app, because the, what Theodore said in terms of the iPad app is they're trying to, like, one of the biggest things, what do I do? You know, what do I type? What can I do? What are the possibilities? And so they've created apps to try to have them be sort of spe uh, content specific so that it will give you the syntax and tell you what you can do to plug in. But you can simply go to the Wolfram Alpha homepage and click examples, and there are lots and lots of different examples by topic. I thought that music example was so cool. In fact, I'm going to do that one. Um, I haven't done that before. D minor scale. You know, the connection between music and uh, mathematics. So it's going to it's going to download a MIDI file. And then if I click on that, looks like I'm going to play it in QuickTime. Huh. Imagine. Oh, it's going to try to play a scratch video. Um, all right, so I guess I'm going to have to do something to be able to play that. But anyway, um, my homework for you is going to be to explore Wolfram Alpha and to think about a way that you could connect it to your curriculum. Because I, I think I could probably say this. I'll defy anyone, no matter what you're teaching, to come up empty with a, with, with a way that you might connect it to your curriculum. Um, obviously, if we're teaching pre-K kids or we're teaching, you know, uh, early elementary, it's going to be different. But even that, you know, comparing a location um, and, you know, what kind of connections are you building and helping kids build in their heads? You know, if you're studying a place, what do we know about that place? And then, you know, how do we, um, how do we find out more about that? So use the example section of Wolfram Alpha to explore some different possibilities. I have gone ahead and purchased the iPad app. And I'm sure just like many other folks who are doing web apps and, you know, creating things for iPad and web, um, the people for Wolfram Alpha are trying to figure out how are we going to monetize this? You know, how are we going to um, get this to, um, you know, pay for itself? And so there was that, you mentioned the subscription thing. You could see so many steps for free and then you could subscribe. Their apps, caught, you know, are like this was $3, I think. But it's got a lot of different you know, queries to search. So go ahead and enter any date. This is just under getting started. Um, so these are ideas, and it's just, you know, showing us the results there. Any, enter any calculation. Um, enter, you know, two first names. Uh, enter any chemical formula. Um, enter musical notes. So those are all queries to kind of get you started. And then, just like we have the examples on the web page, it's kind of broken these down. So if I go to astronomy, uh, show me the next uh, solar eclipse um, for an astronomical event. So it's going to show me where that is. It's going to, again, give me all the calculation, computation stuff that might go with that as far as the duration, um, the path, you know, things like that. Um, Haley's Comet. Uh, it would be interesting. Does anybody know the name of the asteroid that's supposed to pass by Earth today? AD-144, I think. Okay. Did you all hear about what just happened in Russia? They had an asteroid that, like, though. broke. What's that? It was unrelated. It was unrelated. But it actually entered the atmosphere and broke glass, and, like, hundreds of people went to the hospital. Crazy. And they said there was an event in 1905 out in Siberia that, like, flattened, you know, billions of trees. And so now we all need to go watch Armageddon this weekend, right? Have you seen the... Yeah. All right. So... 
there are definitely ways that we can bring in current events, bring in history, make connections, and, and I think find the math that goes with that. You know, a lot of times if we're math teachers, we'll want kids to know math is all around you. People use math all the time. But how does that become visible? So Wolfram Alpha offers, you know, a way for us to get access to all kinds of math surrounding all kinds of, of concepts and, and content. So I, I honestly want to challenge you to, you know, and I'm not giving you a time suspense and I'm not going to give you a grade for this, <laughs> but I want you, I want to encourage you to explore with Wolfram Alpha and then let me know what you do with it because guess what I'll do? I'll share it with more folks. We might put something on our learning showcase site for the district. How are we going to let people know about it? Well, how did you learn about Google? How do you know what to do with Google now? A lot of it has to do with what you've heard other people talk about and what you've seen them do. And so whether it's word problems that you have your kids do or when you're, they do a country study, you know, you challenge them to find some statistics and, uh, you know, some of that stuff about life expectancy. We live in this big, diverse world, you know. Globalization. How do we help kids learn about other places? If kids have a country, there'd probably be all kinds of things that they could make meaning of that would be numerical and computational that Wolfram Alpha could give you access to. So the last thing I'll share is um, on our site under resources, I've got, well, okay, I said last thing. Wolfram Alpha has a ton of mobile apps, and so there's a link here to all these different mobile apps that you can get. The only one I've bought is just Wolfram Alpha for iPhone and iPad. It's for Android as well. But they have all these different apps that are course-specific. So if you're teaching general chemistry, if you're teaching physics, if you're teaching music theory, if you're teaching geography, you can do all the searches just on the web page. You don't have to have the app. But the apps are designed to give you syntax and suggestions so you know what to put in. What can I do for geography with Wolfram Alpha? The app is going to have a lot of those kind of suggestions so that you can, you can go to those and, and do those uh, kinds of searches. And then there's also all these different reference apps, okay? And so, you know, from U.S. presidents to um, isotopes to dog breeds, all kinds of things. Okay, the real last thing I'm going to show you is this, and I'm not going to play the video, is this presentation by Jane Krauss. The K-12 online conference is a conference I've helped out with for the last seven years, and every year there are about 40 presentations that educators do around the world, and they make videos that they share for other teachers to learn. And so Jane is the author of a great book on problem-based learning. She's based out of Eugene, Oregon, and she writes frequently for Edutopia, which is the George Lucas Educational Foundation. She's just a wonderful educator. But she did a 20-minute presentation about Wolfram Alpha and the ways that kids and teachers can make meaning with Wolfram Alpha and use it in a project-based learning environment. So that is a great resource. It's a free video, <coughs> and it... Um, kind of like the session today, I think, just sort of scratches the surface of possibilities. Any questions or comments? Okay, go forth, use Wolfram Alpha, and tell other people about it too, all right? And then share with, share with me, if you can, the good discoveries that you make. Have a great lunch.